The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. If you could only hear the conversations that don't make the show, you'd understand why the ones that do make us the best football podcast in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of The Kickoff here on the W2M Network. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, the Down Since Day 1 co-host, Brandon Biscobing. And now, since I'm the uh, producer, I really need to figure out a way to uh, record all of those outtakes and post them somewhere where Sean will not find them. Yes, I feel like the kickoff... I don't... I don't care if we posted where Sean could find them. <laughs> I feel like the kickoff after dark is coming soon to the W Film Network. <laughs> the executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. Man, Tallahassee cannot escape a hurricane to save their life. Wow. <laughs> it's Although fitting it in two ways. It is. It is nice to know that there is one team in Florida that can beat the Bayou Bengals. <sighs> and the chairman of the W2M Network, Jason Teasley. I'd love to be balls deep in Madison County right now. We'll talk more about Madison <laughs> County a little bit later on in the show when we get to Are You Serious? But for now, we open the show how we always open the show. It's time for Studs and Duds. Eric? Now, I, I took a little bit of crap about this game because I said that the spread, even going through early Saturday, was going to be terribly, terribly way off. Well, not only was I wrong in a major way, had I picked this one, I, I would have gotten some nice credit for Are You Serious? Thanks in major part to the performance of one Sam Ellinger, a borderline heroic day against what was kind of a slightly better than eh, Oklahoma defense, but made them look stupid, set themselves up for a win, and putting Texas on the path back to national prominence. Sam Ellinger, you are my stud. Not not just national prominence. They are one of only two teams now in the Big 12 that is undefeated in the conference. I wonder who the other one is. I'm, I'm sure someone will pour some out for the homers and tell us about it a little bit later on in the show. Brandon? Get damn skippy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my stud, yes, it was a game against a lower mid-level Big Ten team, but still, throwing 455 yards and six touchdowns, yeah, that deserves a stud. That will be one Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. And somewhere Chris Bernard is really sad right now. <laughs> Graduate of the University of Indiana and I think listener to the kickoff. Thanks. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah, he, 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 let's just say that he's very, very active during those Saturdays. 
It wasn't pretty. Jason Stud. You know what you do if you have a totally shit offensive line? You run the ball, and you run it a lot. The New York Jets found this out out this past Sunday, and my stud is is Isaiah Correll, who amassed a whopping 219 yards, one touchdown on the ground against what is supposed to be a pretty decent Denver defense. Okay, so my stud. Uh, Eric, I'm going to need an assist here. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of a school called Tulsa? Yeah, the Golden Hurricane. Yeah, well, apparently Houston had forgotten about them because early in the fourth quarter, they were trailing Tulsa 26-17 to 17 on a nationally broadcast game on ESPN on Friday. They were about to lose to Tulsa. It was one in three, I might add. Oh. <laughs> that is until their quarterback, I'm going to butcher this name, but I'm going to try my best. It is either D-Eric or Derek King. D-E-R-I-Q, because spelling. My, my wager would be Derek. Single-handedly took over this game. Three touchdown passes, two more rushing, and a 26-17 deficit turns into a 41-26 victory for the Houston Cougars, who moved to four and one and solely in first place in the American Atlantic in the American Athletic Western Division. Can I point something out? In the pre in the preseason episode, does somebody take you Houston to be a dominant team? I don't know. I'm pretty sure they call him Ginger Domus, though. Okay, to be fair, though, Houston might not get out of their own division with a chance to go to the BC, to the FBS Championship Series, the, the New Year's They're Six. going places. They're yeah, going yeah. places, damn it. I don't know where they're going, but they're going places. Yeah, but you... you, you, I nearly renounced Ginger Domus after his prediction over the weekend. You you, you still have um, the still undefeated UCF Knights to contend with. And the undefeated South Florida Bulls and the undefeated Cincinnati Bearcats. There are still three teams in the American Athletic that are undefeated at this point in the season. That's all I'm saying. Houston still has quite the road to climb, but Derek King made sure that they still had an opportunity to climb it with his clutch comeback performance on national television on ESPN on Friday night. Eric, dud, hit me. Okay. You normally, when you only score three points in a game, you're having a bad day. Normally, when you give up 63 points in a game, you're having a bad day. If you do both on the same day, you really question your existence in life. Yeah, Wake Forest, I know you're not a powerhouse. I know I've made fun of you on several different occasions. But 63-3, to though, against a team in your own division? At that point, you wonder, what are you doing? You just go home. I heard well, running. 
I I heard running clock for most of the second half too. To to be fair to uh, Wake Forest and Clemson, I think Clemson was on a uh, rampage there after coming so close to losing to Syracuse last week. Yeah, but you were still at least a half decent team. You could at least hold them to fifty. Yes, only 50. Let that sink in for a few seconds, folks. (laughs) Only 50. Brandon, dud. I I know I got some crap for this on the chat earlier, but let me explain myself. My dud for the week is the Oklahoma, or, excuse me, uh, the Texas defense in the second, in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. Or no, excuse me, I had it right the first time. Oklahoma defense. I forgot that they were the ones that lost. The Oklahoma defense in the fourth quarter. You have a... You've got a 45-37... Or 45-27 lead going into the fourth quarter. And you proceed to blow it. And you are supposed to be one of the top teams in the nation. And you were the only glimmer of hope outside of Notre Dame for us not getting a two SEC national champion or BCF BCS playoff this year. Um, a, there's a team in Morgantown that would like to speak to you. B, oh, you're call right. it football playoff. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, Oklahoma, how do you lose at home in the Red River rivalry? Not at home. Well, true, technically not at home. But it's a rivalry game, and you blow that lead. Just terrible. I could have sworn that uh, Texas was actually up 45-27 going into the fourth. No, Oklahoma was. No, Oklahoma Never, ne- Oklahoma didn't lead, I don't think. No, it, the it was, game. yeah, they're right. It was Texas up 45-27. I was going to say, I was pretty sure that Oklahoma never had an actual lead in the Red River. Nope. Believe me, I caught a lot of crap all throughout that game because of that. Then when I saw the score going in the fourth quarter, I was like, hey, it was a blowout. Just for the wrong team. Then that happened. So that happened? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, Jason Dud. Well, I have a 1A, 1B. My my 1A dud is Brandon Biscuit for not paying attention to the chat and trying <laughs> to steal trying to steal my my stud for the second week in a row. But after that, <laughs> my dud is. You know what happens when you lose by eight points? You you look at the stat sheet and you realize you would have won by five if your field goal kicker connected on any uh, on more than one of his six attempts. Yes, Mason Crosby, you are my dud. Your team loses by eight. You leave fourteen points on uh, thirteen points on the board. That could have gave your team the potential win. You're a kicker. You're a kicker. Well, okay. Four field goals and an extra point. 
Yes, four field goals and an extra point for those scoring at home. Go ahead, Aaron. It it was a bad day for the brand, but I'm going to share the dud responsibilities with him and that holder because really people underestimate the relationship between kickers and holders. Now he's dealing with the rookie. Now he's dealing with the case of the yips. That could be a long-term thing here. Guys, I have the most marvelous words in sports from my dud. You ready? Hit me. Fourth and 55. (laughs) What the bleep? Oregon State better thank the Lord above that UCLA and Chip Kelly's level of suck has invaded the Pac-12 this year. Oh, because God, if not for me. them, if not for Chip Kelly and the Bruins bringing absolutely nothing to Los Angeles, Oregon State would be considered by far the worst team in the Pac-12. A 56-37 to defeat at the hands of the now 5-1 and Washington State Cougars. Mike Leach has that offense running in Rebel and up there away from the Red Raiders at Texas Tech. And I feel like we've discussed Mike Leach a lot on this show. Last year, not so much this year. But anyway. Fourth quarter. Down, I want to say, I think it was 10 at the time. I'm not sure. It might have been a little bit more. Oregon State has a drive that gets all the way up to the Washington State 25-yard line. A fumbled snap. A series of holding penalties. A false start and a sack leads to fourth and 55 from the Oregon State side of the field, where despite the fact that you're trailing in the fourth quarter, what other alternative do you have on fourth and 55 but to punt? The punt. You're on a draw play. (laughs) The punt did not make it back to the original line of scrimmage. Fourth and 55. For that, Oregon State Beavers, you have earned my dud for the week. To be fair, UCLA's got a bunch of freshmen. Oregon State has no excuse. (laughs) And I I, I hate to have to make fun of myself, and I'm sorry for having to bring up bad memories, Jason, but at least it wasn't a, uh, at, at least it wasn't converted. Yeah, we know. I'm going to give an honorary dud simply because I like to piss people off, and it's in the, in my division. What do you do when you, it's fourth and one and you got one of the best running power backs in the league on Sunday night football? You punt. Is, is that you punt <laughs> when you're down? Oh, yeah. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, yeah, your whole team's a dud. I agree, although we will be talking a little bit more about the Houston Texans a little bit later on in the show. Dun, dun, dun! I I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm actually kind of disappointed that the Cowboys didn't help me extend an even bigger lead on you guys. 
technically speaking, they did win that game for you against the spread. Yes, I know. You lost straight up, but you did get an ATS win by half a point. Mm-hmm. Anywho, we move on to so that happened. And I guess I kind of want to talk to Jason about his team right now. Because we're going to combine your college conversation for pour one out for the homers as well as a so that happened here. The new ESPN Heisman Trophy standings are out, Jason. Oh, they are? I haven't got to see them yet. Would you like to take a guess as to where Will Greer lands right now? I'm pretty sure that he dropped from third to probably fifth. He is now fourth. The the still current leader is Tua. I'm going to screw this up. Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa? Mm-hmm. And didn't I just see that he got injured? His name's Maui Wowie from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would make my life a hell of a lot easier if it was. But anyway. We're just going to call him Maui Wowie. He's the first. I believe Dwayne Haskins is second. And then I forget who was third, but Will Greer is fourth now. I have to ask you, Jason, do you agree with Greer losing positions in the Heisman race after three red zone interceptions against Kansas? No. I mean, I think he he should because he's, he's letting the pressure get to him. Uh, everybody's holding the – I spoke about this, was talking about this in one of my other chats. Uh he he's trying to shoulder the the entire absence of the NC State game on his shoulders and trying to force plays, thus resulting in poor decision making and the interceptions. I mean, all three of those were very forced passes, and he's trying to get the stats to make up for that one game miss because you know natural disasters in college football. Are more are more detrimental to you than you know a bad game, obviously. But he is still one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the league. I don't care what anybody says. And these voters hold the fact that, and, and you know, you turn it on any channel anytime they talk about the Heisman, except here on the kickoff where I will praise the year of Greer. To the high heavens. Um, They hold that NC State game against him because he's got one less game. Well, he's also going to have a conference championship game. So that will make up for the the NC State game. And he's going to be against a probably a exponentially greater team than what NC State is. More than likely, he's going to play Oklahoma twice. He puts up great numbers against a Oklahoma team twice, back-to-back weeks. Can you really count that NC State game against him? Voters are going to say, Heisman voters will say yes. Well, the one fallacy I will point out to you is that he'll have a conference championship game, but so might Dwayne Haskins, so might Taco Vailoa. So that kind of... Uh, I don't know who that is. I know who uh, Maui Wowie is. Uh, espe- and especially considering how both conferences are going, more than likely both of them will have conference championship games. Um, okay. So Kyler Murray 
is ahead of third, Greer. Actually, yeah, I just yeah, I he, just back up myself. So he's going to have he's going to be going head to head with Greer possibly twice this year, unless something miraculously happens and West Virginia pulls something like they did against Pitt back in the the. We well, okay. I've already said from my memory. I don't even want to talk about it. It's like talking about. It's about talking about a bad, like I'm talking about bad breakups. You just don't. You just kind of erase it from your memory. Um, so you can punish Greer for having three interceptions, but basically reward Murray for padding his stats. I, I don't know. I mean. It is what it is. It it goes back to my claim. You're going to have SEC biased. Enough said. Well, okay, but at the same time, real quick, Eric here, because I am the SEC guy on this panel. Um, In fairness to to Tagovailoa, I will point out the fact that Alabama is averaging almost 60 a game right now. But... um, and I think I think I heard this on the radio this morning or this afternoon rather, and um, like check like if you guys have heard anything or fact check me, tell me if I'm wrong. But I thought I heard something that he's injured a little bit and may miss some time. I haven't heard anything about an injury that's going to take him out of any games. <laughs> okay, let, let, I want I want to ask you through this. So in one less game, okay. One less game. How do you? How can you put somebody ahead of Greer who has less yardage and equal touchdowns, passing touchdowns, and a worse completion rating? Oh, okay. Because, and I will say this from all of my experience, and this is the thing that may help or hurt Greer. Heisman voters, believe it or not, while they'll say they look at the entire season, it's going to boil down to no more than two or three games. Which, Kyler Murray, even though it was a loss, he still had an overall good performance. Any big marquee or statement game on your schedule... And your last game of the season. I take, for example, Dwayne Haskins. His season for Heisman candidacy is going to be judged based upon three games. His game against Penn State, that was the big hype marquee game this season. His rivalry game against Michigan. And if he does, which in all likelihood it will be, make it to the Big Ten championship game, It'll be with those. Now, with Greer, I don't know if there's been this one big marquee game outside of, or even really with Pitt, that's on the schedule. That's not his fault. That is going to be a bit of a detriment. The rivalry game against Pitt. So he would make it up in his last West game. West Virginia don't play Pitt anymore. Okay. You can see right now where Will Greer is limiting himself by just being at West Virginia. Bad luck of the draw. One game, 
And that would be either the last game of the season if they don't make it to the Big 12 championship game or if they do make it to the Big 12 championship game, how he would do in Jerry World. All right, okay. allow me to allow me to kind of explain this real quick here to what Eric is saying here. I heard Kirk, I, I heard Kirk Herbstreit talk about this on last year's Heisman Trophy presentation show. It is your biggest game, your rivalry game, and your last game for Tua Viloa. It's going to be the biggest game that they're going to have. Will be preseason. Will be the Louisville game in which he shined in. The rivalry mm-hmm. game will be Auburn. The, mm-hmm. The last game will be the SEC championship. For Dwayne Haskins, it's like Eric mentioned. It's Penn State, Michigan, Big Ten title. For Bill Greer, it is Tennessee, who I will admit he dominated against, but this is a down Tennessee team. Oklahoma, who they have not yet played, and the Big 12 title game. Of the three teams here, I think the most impressive performance in their marquee matchup thus far was Tua against Louisville to open the season in Camping World. I agree with the current standing for the Heisman Trophy as it stands right now, according to ESPN. Okay, you got Maui Wowie. Who, who, I think he's got like two games against like uh, a high school and a high school JV team and a, and like, I think I think a peewee football team, and he has thrown. You guys played an FCS team too. Your your argument about scheduling is irrelevant. Now hold on, hold on. Let me get to this. Okay, he played he played the Little Giants, and he played. um, I'm pretty sure he played um, Middle Wichita State I-54 Exit Two University, (laughs) but. But he has Maui Wowie has let's let's go ahead and round it up fifteen hundred yards passing fifteen hundred yards passing eighteen touchdowns. Greer, who has played one less game, has eighteen hundred yards passing and twenty one touchdowns. Alabama also has a running game. I laugh way too hard. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when you play the little giants and. Middle Wichita State, I-64, Southwest, exit four on on a prison field, you could you could still have a running game. Of course you're going to have a running game. If I'm if I'm behind Alabama's line, I'm going to have a thousand yard season. And I'm an old white guy. <laughs> All right, we have other things to get to, so we're going to go ahead and move on from this. Your argument constantly against SEC is scheduling, but at the same time, let's be honest, West Virginia hasn't exactly played anybody relevant this year yet either. Okay, let's let's look at this. Okay. You tell me who who Al- SEC we'll we'll talk about this SEC bias. Okay. How many teams granted this go this should go back to an argument we had with preseason rankings should not exist. How many teams is in the top 25 from the SEC? Eight. Okay. How many deserving teams should be in the top 25? And if you say eight, you're a damn liar. I'd say six. Okay. Let's look at the Big 12. I think the Big 12's got four. Uh, West Virginia, Texas, Oklahoma... 
I three. Think, did Iowa State not bump up into the twenty top twenty-five? Iowa State is two and three, sir. I mean, not Iowa. What am I thinking? I'm thinking somebody. Oh, oh Texas Oklahoma? Tech. Oh, Texas Tech. Texas Tech is Texas they Tech is Texas Tech is periphery. Oklahoma State got bounced after the loss to Iowa State. Okay, so I mean, All right. let me. We also let me got two divisions in the SEC. Real quick, let me read off the teams from the SEC that are in the top twenty-five right now, and you can tell me whether you agree or disagree with them being in the top twenty-five. Jason, fair? Well, yeah, we'll go there. All right, you can't argue Alabama. No, Alabama, Georgia. Alabama, Georgia are locks. Alabama, Georgia are 1-2 in the AP right now. You go all the way down to number 13 for LSU. Which got beat by a good good team. They're 5-1. They're they're 5-1. Their only loss is Florida. Speaking of Florida, 5-1-9-14. Okay, then so num- we'll go four. Then to number eighteen, Kentucky five and one. Their lone loss is this past week to who just beat them this past Sunday. I'm drawing oh. a blank. Who just beat them? Was it Mississippi State? No, Mississippi State beat Auburn. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm I'm drawing a blank on who just beat Kentucky. Kentucky oh. just lost to Texas A&M. Thank you. A and M is actually in the top twenty-five towards the bottom as well. Once again, A and M's back in at four and two. A and M's losses, I'll point out, are to Alabama and LSU, I believe. Auburn is four and two and in the top twenty-five. Their losses are to Mississippi State. And LSU. Mississippi State is in the top 25. Their losses are Alabama and Florida. I thought it was Kentucky and Florida. Actually, you might be right. It is Kentucky and Florida. 28-7 to Kentucky and then 13-6 to Florida. You are correct. My mistake on that. But, yeah. Basically, what's happening is these SEC teams are beating each other up. Hence my point if they ever made a, a real tournament. But they're not. When, when a SEC school team loses or wins versus each other, there's not a great movement, though. Because some of these teams are getting ranked extremely high. So when they lose, they don't have to drop so far. Well, Auburn did lose 13 spaces for its loss to Mississippi State. Auburn went from 8th down to 21st. Kentucky went from 13 to 18. I will agree with that. I think that's a bad... Yes, I will agree with that. I think they should have fallen further, but in fairness, this is Kentucky's first loss on the season. LSU LSU went what? From 4 to 13? 5th. Were they 5th? I thought that was 4. Okay, and... Okay, but in fairness, that LSU, that LSU, that included a win over still current top 10 team Miami, or excuse me, top 15 team Miami. Yeah, we've been hanging on the fringes. 
Miami's 16. Uh, USA Today has them 15th, but either way. Uh, looking at, I'm looking at ESPN. Okay, and how much, since you're a Florida fan, how much did Florida bump up with that win? Eight spaces. We went from 22nd to 14th. So you're you're saying that I am personally my rankings, Florida should be ahead of LSU. I 100% agree with that. So if you don't think that there's certain school bias and conference oh, no, bias, I won't argue. I won't argue that there's school bias, but at the same time, I don't think you can argue conference bias when the football is as good as it is in the SEC right now. I'm, I will be the first person to admit that I do have an SEC bias to me because my favorite team is located in the SEC. I will be the first to say that. That being said, I don't think you can argue that over the last decade, the best football in college football has been played in the SEC. Okay. West Virginia's schedule, as it stands right now, they play the number nine team, the number 11 team, and that's it. But this this is also is Alabama outside of outside of an SEC title game. Is Alabama going to play Georgia? No, they played Georgia in the SEC title game last year. They'll play them in the SEC title game this year. However, you mentioned that Al, you just mentioned. Correct me if I'm wrong. You just mentioned that West Virginia has two ranked opponents still to come. Correct. Two top eleven opponents. Alabama still has number 13, number 24, and number 21 to play. Okay, so they're playing lower seeds than West Virginia. And then an SEC championship game probably against number two, Georgia. Okay, now let's look at this. If, say, when Texas Texas can lose, Texas still has, I think Texas and Oklahoma still have to play. Texas and Oklahoma just played this past week. Okay. I thought I thought they was coming. Oh, yeah, that is right. That's right. For, okay. So, you also have – so, there's a possibility that a team can beat one of those, one of those and drop a Oklahoma or a Texas further down the list than, uh, say, a team that loses in the SEC. I think quality of opposition in your losses counts too, though. I mean, yeah, look, but, what happened to, look at what happened to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was 16th when they got beaten by Iowa State this past weekend. Iowa State was 1-3 going into that game. That's going to boot OK State from the rankings. You lose to a sub-500 team, you deserve to plummet. West, West Virginia has to go into Ohio State this week. And I'm oh, nervous I'm, about that game. Oh, believe me, I considered it very strongly for our later segment in the show. But then I saw a different number that I liked a little bit more, so I went with that instead. But all I'm saying is it's it's hard to rank teams. You, if there's Alabama and Georgia, granted, they're probably two of the best teams in the nation right now. One and two in both the AP and the call and the USA Today standings. But this is the issue I have with it. They'll never play each other in regular season. That is Every not SEC. true, actually. Um, the SEC adjusts its in-conference schedule every three years. 
like I said, this year they will not play each other until they the regular season. Who else will Alabama not play this year that's legitimate? Alabama uh, also does not play Florida in the regular season this year. Okay, they have Tennessee coming. Um, Okay, if you're going to call Tennessee not legitimate, that doesn't help your no, case. No, I'm saying, I'm, no, I'm saying they got. I'm just going through their schedule. Uh, Alabama, who's Alabama play this week? Uh, Missouri. I think Missouri. Uh, I couldn't. Is it Missouri? I couldn't read water. Yeah, they got Missouri this week, then Tennessee, then LSU, then Mississippi State. Then after Mississippi State, they got like the Citadel. I think. Yeah, that's their. That's their Youngstown State game like you guys played earlier in the year. That's their game where they drop down to the FCS to play. You guys did that with Youngstown State earlier in the year as well, though. It, uh, the, due to the fact that the FBS – what, what is Arkansas State? Arkansas, not Arkansas State. Oh. The one that they beat this week, 60, what was it, 65-31, I think, was Arkansas. That's Sean's team. They may as well be. They also played Arkansas State. Yeah, this is week two. Oh, I thought they played Ulala week two. No. No. Our state is in the Sun Belt. Our state is in the Sun Belt, which is technically FBS. They let's let's look at their record. Um, We're gonna have to move on soon. So what we'll do is we'll we'll do this. Well, we'll we'll finish this up real quick, and then I have a question about the NFL side of things as well for players that were just in college. So I want to get your thoughts on who is currently leading the NFL Rookie of the Year debate. But we'll we'll finish this here real quick with uh, the whole Alabama West Virginia. I have absolutely nothing against West Virginia. I actually wish them well, and I do think that if they run the table in the Big Twelve, that there is no excuse for them not to be in the national championship series in the college football playoff because they will have beaten three teams minimum in the top twenty-five, including back-to-back weeks against probably Oklahoma and what could amount to doing an Oklahoma Texas double if Texas runs the table off of their momentum they have right now. After having won five in a row after losing to Maryland to start the season. There's no excuse for an undefeated West Virginia team not to be in the college football playoff. Losing the game against NC State hurts Will Greer's Heisman trophy, jokes, whether we like to admit it or not, because it is a marquee nationally televised game that has been taken off of his schedule. That was going to be a 3.30 ABC game that was taken off of the schedule due to the hurricane. Eric, anything to chime in here? I mean, I was just sitting back and eating the pop, me my popcorn <laughs> because I get it, and I have seen something like this all throughout, like with bias and stuff before. The only knock that I could think of is, and this isn't even biased towards the SEC in scheduling. This is particularly towards Nick Saban in Alabama. I've heard this pointed out before, and I'm wondering if the committee or if whoever does the rankings would force them to change this. The marquee preseason games he plays 
are usually neutral site. Whenever he has a big game in LSU and Auburn, what have you, there's usually a bye week right before that. So that leads me to wonder, are other schools going to follow suit with him and sort of game the system that way? Or is anybody going to stop him from gaming the system? Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I 100% agree about the whole uh, taking advantage of the week off before the marquee matchups. Jason mentioned the Citadel game later on in the season, much the same way that um, mm-hmm. West Virginia played Youngstown State. The main difference here is that coming off of that Youngstown State game, West Virginia was going to play North Carolina State, which means right. that would have been a cream puff going into the North Carolina State game. The Citadel is the cream puff game for Alabama going into the Iron Bowl. And, and that's why I agree with you. It doesn't necessarily hurt West Virginia as much, but it hurts Will Greer because – that's not a marquee game, and there's not really, up until Oklahoma, a, not another one on the schedule. So he's going to be behind until he proves himself in those games. Like I've said before, though, um, I think I do think that the NC State game will hurt West Virginia in terms of the well, I, voters as well, because they're going to say, "Oh, that you know what what could have been." Well, I think at the same time, you can make that argument for NC State losing West Virginia off of its schedule as well, because there are currently two undefeated teams in the ACC. Clemson is one. NC State is the other. Yeah. But those two would face, or, or are they in the same division? Yeah, they're in the same division. Yeah, they're in the they're same in division, but so they'll play in the regular season. Yeah, so that won't matter anyway. And then odds it, are... It whoever could, because... Because that could have gave a ranking to one of the teams. That could have boosted their ranking. So it could have been an even more high-profile game. If NC NC State would would win that game, then it would, you know, that would make them legitimate contenders. I think that losing the NC State game hurts West Virginia less (laughs) as a team than it does Will Greer individually. But I think it also hurts West Virginia as a team, but not to the point that I think it'll affect them getting in or staying out of the pack, the uh, college football championship is what I'm saying. All right, let's move on here. I am currently looking at the ESPN rookie of the year standings here. And I know you were complaining about the Vegas odds on Saquon Barkley with Baker Mayfield being listed as first. ESPN completely disagrees with Baker Mayfield being in the top position for the Rookie of the Year. As a matter of fact, I think they have him at ninth for Rookie of the Year. Any guesses as to who they have as the leader for Rookie of the Year? I'm going to say... Darnold? No. Eric? Not Darnold, not Mayfield, not... Barkley. Barkley is third right now. Okay. Your clue will be that they are both defensive players. Hmm. Oh. 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 Why am one I of going whom, to... One of whom is a teammate of Mayfield's, actually. 
and a man who we very strongly questioned his draft position here on the kickoff. Number two is Denzel Ward. Cornerback. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that would make sense. Number one is Derwin James. Safety for the Chargers. Hmm. 31 tackles, three sacks, one interception, six passes defended. Okay, statistically, from that standpoint, I get it, but... I don't know otherwise. Looking at the big picture for that Chargers team. Eh. Let me ask you, Jason, as as and Brandon, I'll ask both of you, but I'll ask, Jay, I'll ask Jason first. As the resident as the resident Giants fan here, your thoughts on the fact that Barkley is currently listed third on their rookie of the year lineup. Well, I mean, that's first offensive rookie of the year, so I can accept that. I mean I'm one of the first people to admit the Giants are not clicking on all cylinders. I mean, there's, and we, I'm trying to put this past weekend's uh, loss out of my mind, but it was it was a heartbreaker. I, I cried. Uh, I went through the the gamut of emotions. I was happy. I was angry. I cried. I hugged my dog, and then I tried to kick my dog. Uh, not not my dog. It was my daughter's dog. I tried to kick. Totally different. It, it's totally acceptable. Um, much like Mason Crosby, he missed. <laughs> yeah, I was I was wide right on it. Um, I, I, I honestly, I mean, as big as a homer I am for the Giants, I'm going to go out and I'm going to tell you I'm going. I'm going to go out on a limb and actually say that Barkley gets beat out by a certain wide receiver down in Atlanta mm-hmm. with Calvin Ridley being Rookie of the Year. Uh, the ESPN listing currently has Ridley sixth. Brandon, I will make sure that I include this link when I send you my description so we can link everybody to it to read it for themselves. Okay. Since we're talking about it, I'll make sure we include the link in the description just yeah. for uh, freedom of share, sharing purchase or whatever property. Um, Eric, let me go to Brandon first here because Brandon's the other resident Giants fan here. Are you okay with Barkley being third in the current rookie of the year standing? I mean, it's early enough to where I'm perfectly fine with it because, um, you know, yeah, he's been having a good year, but it's another one of those, um, and we talked about it, um, before, um, when we were going through our top rookie of the years uh last week it's one of those things where yes the individual play matters but the team play matters as well yes la isn't having the greatest of years right now but they're doing a lot better than a lot of the other teams that some of the top rookies are on currently they're three and two they're above 500 i think i don't think there's any other team well the Bears actually, well, no, technically the Bears are uh, at directly at five hundred right now at two, two and one. So other than the Bears are three and one, sir. No, no, not Bears. Uh, Browns, I meant. Sorry. Okay. Um. Uh, but outside of the Browns, who are you know at five hundred directly, none of the other teams that have Rookie of the Year candidates have winning records. 
Uh, hold on, let me check that real quick here. See if that checks out. Um, uh, actually, the man in fourth is Jesse Bates, safety for the Cincinnati Bengals, who are four and one. Oh, okay. So I could, I'd probably put him up there, um, as one of the the top contenders as well. This has and been a very defensive heavy uh, rookie year thus far. Let me add. Let me add another name, and I hate to mention the name here, but let's not forget Sony Michelle up in uh, New England mm-hmm. as well, who's been coming on real strong ever since Rex Burkhead got hurt. The the issue, though, with someone like Michelle, and it's kind of ironic that we were talking about kind of the opposite uh, when it comes to Heisman voting, but... I feel like a New England guy, especially a New England running back, is going to kind of get hurt in the voting because of him being in New England and them saying, oh, it's just a product of the system. All right, let's go ahead and move on here, shall we? Yep. Brandon. Yes. You have won the randomization drawing for our buy or sell for this week. Okay. Do you want do you want college, the NFL, or the mixed question? I'll take NFL. All right. Buy or sell. Drew Brees having broken Peyton Manning's record for most passing yards all time in a career for a quarterback. Buy or sell, Drew Brees is a top five all time NFL quarterback. Hmm. I'm going to have to sell this because while, yes, the numbers are very impressive, and yes, he's won a Super Bowl, he's kind of a product of the current league. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks, if you look back even you know, 20, 30 years ago, if they had the rules that they have today in place back then, I think a lot of those other great quarterbacks that have won more Super Bowls than he has would be at the same level, or if not further, in passing yards than than Breeze's. I mean, look at a Brett Favre. If he didn't have... Uh, if he had the protection that these quarterbacks have now, he'd easily be higher than what he ended at. Jason, same question. Buy or sell, Drew Brees is a top five all-time NFL quarterback. I'm buying it. I think uh, Brees doesn't get the love that he so rightfully deserves. I mean, he is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely will buy him as one of the top five. Eric, same question. Uh, I'm going to drop a stat for you. Yes, he just broke Peyton Manning's record for all-time career NFL passing yards. At his current pace, if he decides to continue playing, By the end of the 2019 season, again, current pace, keeps playing, stays healthy, he will be in the Guinness Book of World Records for all-time 
throughout the various different leagues of career passing yards. He currently stands a little less than 8,000 yards away. The magic number is 79,816. That being said, top five all time, I am going across all eras, and as much as it pains me to do this, I have to sell. I don't even think it's the product of the current league, because let's face it, you've had quarterbacks that were products of their leagues, but they were still transcendent. Mm. Not even just the Marinos and Montanas. You can go farther back. The Unitases, the Otto Grahams, the Sid Luckmans, the Sammy Baws, the Bobby Bears, The Namets. Exactly, the Namets. He, because of the teams that he was on for the Chargers for a long time, and even though he's won a Super Bowl with them, you look at his winning percentage with the Saints, it's not his fault, but he hasn't been able to just do a lot. He hasn't been able to step above and transcend and say he is the guy. To be a top five all-time quarterback, I have to be able to say that out to you. And with him, I can't, even with the numbers and the ring. I can't. I'm going to agree with Jason, and I'm going to buy it, and for the exact reason that Jason said. Not only do I think Drew Brees is a top five all-time quarterback, I think Brees might be one of the top five most overlooked players in NFL history as well. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll completely agree yeah. with underrated, overlooked. I will hand you that all day long on a silver platter, and one of those things that you take the top off of, I forget the name of it, but... Uh, even with that, and even with everything that he's been up against, he's been able to transcend his setbacks, transcend his difficulties, but he hasn't been able to step up to the level beyond that. Yeah, I mean, I, would I say top 10? Maybe. But top 5, I think there are just too many other quarterbacks throughout NFL history that that ring true as you know like like what Eric has been saying as transcendent figures that I don't think Breeze quite makes the cut. Very well, Jason. The mixed question or the college football question? I want to take the mixed. The question is in regards to dynasties. And we actually kind of discussed part of where I'm going with this earlier today. Buy or sell dynasties that we have seen in football, such as the Alabama dynasty currently in college and the New England dynasty in the National Football League are bad for the game of football. I'm, I'm going to buy that. I mean, I, it's, it's the – a dynasty is only – is good to because you're always remembered to who ends that reign, that dynasty's reign. Um, currently, right now, I mean, Alabama is by far head and shoulders above the rest. But I mean, I honestly think they're the best team in football. I think they could probably beat the Browns right now. That's not saying much. 
Um, I don't know. I, I guarantee they could beat the Steelers. That's saying a lot. But um, but I, I think Alabama's a dynasty actually helps college football because you get you kind of get a few marquee matchups um, with you know the rivalry game with at least one every year with Auburn and. Typically, you get the SEC title game that sometimes lives up to the hype, and most of the time it doesn't because you've got two coming, the two strongest SEC teams in the same division that should be playing for the SEC title, and only one of them can, and then you get some scrub team that wins the the West, and you're just kind of lackluster. As for the NFL, the NFL dynasty of the Patriots, uh, I think it helps because it gives a common <laughs> common enemy across sports. Uh, everybody hates the Patriots for winning so much, but I think it's the fact that they hate how the Patriots win more than actually more than hating them winning because the Patriots tend to play smart with their money craft doesn't like to him and Belichick. They don't like to really invest in marquee players outside of Brady and, you know, Moss a few years back. And once a player has hit a certain age or they find they can get a return for him, he's gone. I don't care how good he is, how marquee player he is. The only player safe in New England is Tom Brady. Um, that being said, it gives a common enemy throughout sports with Alabama. Everybody hates Alabama, unless you're an Alabama fan. Uh, and everybody hates New England, unless you're on the bandwagon and you're just waiting for the next bandwagon to come by to jump onto. So I'm going to buy like dynasties, um, or influential. Eric, buy or sell that dynasties are bad for football. I'm going to sell based upon, and I, without even transcending this to all sports with football, with Alabama, you remember how often they win and how they become a dynasty. But you also remember who beats them for all the Alabama LSUs and Alabama Georgias, you remember Clemson beating them. For the Patriots, for all the Patriots games and all the big wins, you remember the two Giants Super Bowl <laughs> You remember the Eagles Super Bowl victory. You remember Peyton Manning beating him twice in the AFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl. Even as myself, and I'll extend it one farther for the Patriots, you remember the year where Brady gets hurt and Matt Castle, Chad Pennington led the Miami Dolphins to a division title. You remember these things because you either, as Jason said, you love them or you love to hate them. You got people in Boston with their chowder, Go Sox, Brady's the man, blah, blah, blah. 
And then you have people like me that want to wake up, drive to Foxborough, throw on a pair of oak boots and stick them right up Tom Brady's ass. <laughs> Same thing for Alabama. You've got those that are all, oh, he's going to beat the bear. He's going to be the best of all time, this and that. And then you have people like me that want to put voodoo dolls into the people that turned down Drew Brees as a physical, have Nick Saban stay in Miami. That way we wouldn't have to worry about this mess to the same day. This is how everybody just gets that extra bit more rabid one way or another. So is that a buyer or a sell? Yes, selling that they're bad for football. Okay. Brandon? Uh, I'm going to split this, actually. Because... Basically, what you're saying is you're copping out. No. No, no, I'm not. (laughs) Basically, what you're saying is you're returning it without the receipt. No, 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 no. Because different rules apply for each level. In college, you don't have the control over it, so it's bad because, you know, Alabama can just do whatever the hell they want. The The voters are going to just put them in, and, you know, they're going to win every year. We know, the, we know the way the game is played. Tell that to Dabble Sweeney. Well, he's gotten lucky a couple of years. But in, I can't even with his anti-SEC bias sometimes. <laughs> no, it's just I want a real system. That that is all. Um, but in the NFL, because you you play to win the game, anybody can come in. Yes, it doesn't happen often, and like Eric said, it makes it more memorable and more magical. But a seven or a nine and seven. New York Giants team that no one gives a chance can roll on up there and whoop that ass. And you remember it. And yes, it may be bad. It here, let me phrase it in a in a way that'll work for both. It's good if it's something that maybe lasts a few years. And then you have someone come in and and knock them down. But it's not good when it continues ad infinitum. It's like it, it's like in pro wrestling, you know. You have the the big bad heel champion who keeps on winning and winning and winning. But then after a while, you need that big moment where the face comes in and knocks him down a peg, and he gets his comeuppance. That's exactly what you need when it comes to a dynasty. And that's the issue, I feel, at least in in college right now, is that you haven't truly gotten that. Brandon over here making me feel stupid using phrases like ad infinitum. Jesus. Okay, then. (laughs) I know what it means, but that's like a college word right there. That's what my friend calls a $5 word. I'm more I'm more acclaimed in the four letter words. <laughs> I speak somewhat fluent English and pretty fluent sarcasm. Anywho, 
Eric, you start us off for the mixed question. All righty. Or not for the mixed question, excuse me, for the college football question, my mistake. The mixed question was the dynasty question. So you remember a couple of weeks ago how we were talking about UCLA? Oh, God, I knew this was coming. There are currently four winless teams in the F in the FCS or excuse me in the FBS. <laughs> they deserve to be in the FCS right now. Well, so far these four teams don't. The four teams that are winless are UCLA, Nebraska from the Pac-12 and Big Ten respectively, mm. and then UTEP from Conference USA and San Jose State out of the whack. Buy or sell that the two non-Power 5 schools will win games before the two Power 5 schools do. Small correction, San Jose State, aren't they the Mountain West? Because the WAC doesn't exist for football? Yeah, correct. you are correct. They're WAC in college basketball, Mountain West in football. I apologize. You are correct. That's okay. Formerly of the WAC in college football, now of the Mountain West, yes. Right. Buy or sell that UTEP and San Jose State will win a game before Nebraska or UCLA do. This is going to be tough because I've got to be breaking out some more garlic pepper and eat a heaping pile of crow. And this is why I will never have faith in certain college coaches practically ever again. I'm going to have to buy this. I mean... These are complete, complete, complete rebuilds for Nebraska and UCLA. Yes, me having my blind faith in Chip Kelly being the offensive guru that he is, even though he's playing 14 freshmen, possibly more, I thought, yeah, they could string something together and win five games. What did he do to reward my faith? Well, you see what happened. Um, I believe the correct answer to that statement is get blown the F out by Fresno State. What did Scott Frost, the magic at UCF, were going home to his alma mater, returning them to glory? I had faith in him against the old rival in Colorado, sitting back, watching the game in a hotel room, preparing for epic shenanigans, and then my camera goes out for some damn reason and it records almost nothing. What does he do for rewarding my faith in him? Uh, I believe he got blown the F out by Michigan. (laughs) You are correct in both instances. I'm sorry. If you're going to do that, the minute that I say, hey, you're capable of doing something, I'm sure as hell not going to think that you're going to do anything the rest of the season on Spartans. And, well, UTEP, eh, eh, you're still Texas They're, Western in my eyes. They are O for their last 17, which is unfortunate for them. They are the Cleveland Browns of college football. <laughs> Brandon? Um, so was the question that, um, that either San Jose State or UTEP will win a game before, before UCLA or Nebraska does? Uh, I, w- 
was thinking about buying this at first, but then I was looking at the schedules, and while, yes, they lost to Troy earlier on in the year, I don't think, I, I would at least hope it couldn't happen twice, so I'm going to have to sell this just because in a couple of weeks, Nebraska brings in Bethune-Cookman. So. Hey, don't don't be don't be doubt. Don't you be doubting those HBCs, Brandon? I, I know this. I know this, but I, I'm just we've saying. Them, we've seen them pull some shit in the past. I know. I know. But I I just I think that Nebraska will pull that one out. So yeah. the The bigger question is how how uh, dis- how disappointed do you think? Uh, um. Wow! Damn, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Chip Kelly. Very no. disappointed. No, not Chip Kelly. Scott Frost. Yes. Yeah, how how disappointed do you think Scott Frost is in the fact that he left? Well, I'm guessing that the amount of dollar bills on his paycheck justify his feelings for what's going on on the field. Exactly. I'm and how sure. do you think I feel? I don't have those dollar bills that I can rely on. Yeah, I got a couple pennies here or there. Maybe some Canadian coins and a couple of pesos, but... That you're, you're shenanigans so far outside. I got a couple of gold doubloons. <laughs> Your shenanigans in Mexico do not count to this conversation, Eric. Hush you. Jason, buy yourself. Eric's I'm buying, go- Brandon... Eric, Eric's buying, Brandon, selling. You're the tiebreaker. I'm buying, and I'm going to predict that it happens this weekend. For what, UTEP or San Jose State? San Jose State. I don't even know who they're playing, but it's going to happen this weekend. San Jose State gets their first weekend win this weekend. (laughs) San Jose State is playing the bye week. (laughs) They can't lose. They can't lose. Oh, wait, no. Excuse me. I sit corrected. San Jose State actually hosts Army. This uh, Saturday. Well, somebody's somebody's going to get blown away. Isn't Army only like one in four or one in three or something? Lieutenant, Dan is, Lieutenant Dan's not getting his legs this weekend. He's taking the L. I don't oh, Lord. <laughs> you realize I've been up for 24 hours straight, right? UCLA plays Cal. Nebraska, uh, a reeling cow team, I might add. Nebraska plays. Eric, help me out here and search for who um, UTEP plays this weekend. On it. Because I think Nebraska plays the bye week legit because I don't see a listing for them. Let me search in browser here real quick. Give me 10 seconds. Nine. I am not seeing UTEP on the schedule. Nebraska's at Northwestern this week. That's a loss. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not. I did. I didn't say Northwestern's. I mean, Nebraska's will win. No, you have you have your money on UTEP and you have UTEP? your money. UTEP is on the bye week. Okay, so then the, your hope rests uh-huh. on San Jose State beating Army. That's right, and that's going to happen. All right, I'm I'm curious as to how much that number is for our, for uh, are you serious now, <laughs> um, Brandon? Yes. 
Pour one out for the homers. I got two words for you, and you're not going to like them. You ready? Okay. Graham Gano is a cocksucker. <laughs> Family show. Um. Yeah. No. Is a I, I I don't care about uh I don't care about Graham Gano. <laughs> Just so you know, that's twice in two years we've been beat on a last second sixty plus yard field goal. Yeah, Just Jake, one of them. Jake from State Farm last year in week three. Hey, at least Jake. they didn't get blown out. Can, can, can I just add how epic the Spanish call was for that kick and how it became we, its own we should build a wall. We should build a wall. Screw Spaniards. We should build a wall. <laughs> the views and opinions of Jason Teasley <laughs> of the W2M network or any of the rest of its staff. For any and all hate mail letters, please consult s.garmer at gmail.com. <laughs> or, or better yet, tweet me at TurkeyGlue822. I never check it unless it's fantasy football related. I really don't care about your opinion. Anywho, continuing on here. Um, so this week, the Giants play... We play the Eagles tomorrow. That is right. You guys are the national broadcast for Thursday Night Football. All right, I'm going to ask you and Jason Bolts this question then since it kind of ties in here. Is this the game that Saquon Barkley can make his case for NFL Rookie of the Year? Hmm. If Saquon has a big game here against the Eagles tomorrow, do you think he bolts towards the top of the Rookie of the Year standings? Especially if the Giants win, yes. Jason? I think he can make a legitimate stake for it. If he has a good showing on prime time, yeah, I mean, I, he can he can make a solid leap forward in the in the overall rookie of the year. I mean, I think it's going to be between him and Ridley for the offensive rookie of the year, no matter what. But oh. I think he he has the opportunity to shine tomorrow night on national TV. Also, not to mention, I think it would show the voters a lot of his progression and his maturity coming into the NFL, being able to have a good week on a short week. Yeah, the quick turnaround, I think, is going to affect him, maybe more so than a typical NFL player that might have experience with these three-day weeks to get ready for a Thursday game after a Sunday. Exactly. So him showing that he's able to do it will show a lot. I am of the opinion that we should not have Thursday night games until the bye weeks have hit, so that way the teams that are playing on Thursday night can be coming off of a bye. Agreed. Just so that way you give them a little bit more time to prepare for these games, and we don't get some of the clunkers that we've seen on Thursday night football before. That being said, Philadelphia finds itself in a similar situation coming off of a late loss to the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday as well. This is a 2-3 and three Eagles team. The Giants are 1-4. What would a win mean for you guys here? Brandon, I'll ask you first. It, it would be a big deal because the in, in spite of what everyone thought at the beginning of the season, it looks like... Cu- Somewhat on the bad side, though, it looks like the NFC East is pretty much completely up for grabs right now. 
with no one having a winning record right now, the the best team is the Redskins at 500. Um, so the Giants, if they get a win here and they start getting some momentum, they could still... They're not out of this by any stretch of the imagination, even at 1-4. and four. Jason, a win would move you guys to 2-4, and four, drop the Eagles to 2-4 and four as well. What would a win mean for you as a Giants fan over the defending Super Bowl champion? It means that my new Saquon Barkley t-shirt is a lucky charm, and I would be wearing it for every Giants game going forward. But also, it will give us momentum. It will take a lot of heat off of OBJ's comments. It might rally the troops, and I think that it might be the impact game that puts us back on track to make a run toward the NFC East title. Meanwhile, breaking news here on the kickoff, Jason is sending real-time hate tweets to Graham Gano while we're doing the broadcast. Hold on, hold on. How is that a hate tweet? In the nicest way possible. Exactly. I said I hate you, but it's the nicest way possible. All right, let's move over to the college side of things for you, Jason, since Brandon doesn't have a college football team. You mentioned earlier that this game scares you. Is it after seeing what Iowa State just did to Oklahoma State that has you worried? No, I think it's more more or less the the hangover game. As you know, you're you're looking past teams and not looking at the weekend hand. But you know, I want to. You know, we're going to pour one out for the home. Do you know there's only one division, one school that has not trailed a single second of the college football season, and that's your West Virginia Mountaineers have not trailed at all. I feel like Texas Let Tech it. had a lead on you at some point in that game. No, we have not trailed at all. I seen the stat this morning. So, I just want to let that sink in. Um, that, that's, that feels pretty good. And we're the only undefeated team in the Big 12. That feels real good. That's, I think, the more, I think that's the more marquee talking point right now. The fact Maybe that despite having, our own fate. the fact that despite having marquee teams in Norman, Oklahoma, and Austin, Texas, the only undefeated in the Big 12 resides in Morgantown. And that feels damn good. So good that I, I might sell a kidney to go to the Oklahoma game at the end of the season. It's not going to be my. It's not going to be my kidney. I'm pretty sure. I live in Huntington, West Virginia. There's enough heroin hobos on the street that I can find somebody's kidney to sell. <laughs> yeah, Eric, you ready? Get two, just in case. Well, I mean, if they overdose, then I guess they're both available, right? Anyhow. <laughs> I mean, they don't have to overdose. I mean, you could probably offer them a four for four for Wendy's and a and a homemade. Uh, crack pipe made out of a Pepsi bottle and they'll willingly I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this reference in right now so we were getting it out of the way and we don't have to dwell on it you can give them tickets to the West Virginia Hoot Owls, anywho <laughs> Eric hey, hey, they was on their bye week this week we're not discussing them 
Yeah, I mean, they, they still got to prepare for that big marquee matchup against the Buckets. <laughs> I've been hearing rumors in Kentucky. Eric. Yes. We are not going down this rabbit hole again. <laughs> Two weeks to wait. You mentioned hurricanes in Tallahassee. Be honest with me. How scared did that game have you on Saturday? There have only been oh so many times in my life where I've had the urge to throw things. There's been a couple more times in my life where I can pop into moments of screaming very, very loud at the television, especially when my mother's in the room. That game brought out both. Even those final seconds, I'm just like, don't mess it up, don't mess it up, don't mess it up, don't mess it up. 28-27 games have been extremely favorable for us in that rivalry. The fact that we survived another one, I breathed a huge sigh of relief. But... Everything that I said after that North Carolina game, to a big extent, came to pass. Yes, the turnover chain made its other presence, came right back with the vengeance, but there's still a couple of things with this team that worry me. Well, is one of those things a trip this weekend to Charlottesville to take on the 3-2 and two Virginia Cavaliers? Eh, eh. On a scale of one, I'm sleeping at night and thinking about shenanigans, to ten, I'm biting my nails furiously and taking chainsaws to objects, I'm at about a four. This is a Virginia team that has a habit of winning games they shouldn't, though. I I mean, I guess on the college football ranks, you could say nobody circles the wagons quite like the Virginia Cavaliers. Moving to the National Football League for you, Eric. Um, I, I have to ask, what time is it? Yes, yes, I know it's Mahomes' time. But to be fair, he looked the most human he has his entire season. If Blake Bortles doesn't go crap the bed in bad weather and throw away a perfectly good 400-yard performance with four interceptions and a freaky end zone celebration that the Chiefs are making, oh, we're talking about something completely different. But no, Bortles has got a damn Bortles. Oh, I wanted to smack him. Did I just hear correctly that Harry actually acknowledged what time it is? Yes, I did not actually say the words, though, and you will not hear me say the words. <laughs> oh, yes, you will. Words. That is as Wrong close as I'm going to get. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Jason. What words is that, Harry? Eric, Come on. Just, continue just, one word, just one time. Just one time. Just one time. Wait, wait, say, save it, Jason. If, save it. If, if, but no, all I'm saying is if I was man enough to ch- honor a bet and change my Facebook profile image <laughs> because of that game, Harry, you Would even you? have to acknowledge it at some point. Which you kind of welched on because the agreement was for a week, not a day. I don't remember that agreement. I don't know what you're talking about. That is hereby semantics that were not predetermined. Mahomes goes 22 of 38 for 313 yards. No touchdown passes with two interceptions. Clearly the most pedestrian performance of his career. A rushing touchdown early 
and field maintenance late, however, sealed the win for Kansas City over Jacksonville. You guys have an opportunity to bounce back this week, Eric, as you guys travel to Dallas in the Sunday night and the Sunday afternoon national game. I, I, I am confident, especially after that performance against Houston, that the Cowboys are just going to be the bounce back game and uh, watch Jerry run his mouth a little bit afterwards in his own house. So I'm not terribly worried, but right now I'm more confident in where we stand in the AFC after this game. Not as high as I would like but I still do see a pathway to greatness. My current NFC play, my current, excuse me, my current AFC playoff listings have you guys third. Which I can live with. Do you guys currently have the tiebreaker over New England? Um, obviously Kansas City's first at 5 and 0, oh, Cincinnati's second at 4 and 1. Jacksonville uh, New England and then, if I'm not mistaken, five, six are Baltimore and the Chargers, I believe, at three and two. Okay, so we would be hosting LA, and then we would have to go to Cincinnati. Doable, but uh, we've got to, like I said about New England a couple weeks ago, we got to get some more of those big teams here in North Florida that time of year if we're going to have any hopes of coming close to duplicating our playoff success of last year. Eric, your turn to spin it around. So, uh, how about them Bills? What (laughs) happened? I believe the official term for it is a walk-off. Although, technically, I guess it would be a kickoff. Hey, that's what we're doing here. (laughs) Um, Steven Hauschka is once again house money. And the Bills beat the previously 3-1 Tennessee Titans 13-12. Thank you very much for that, by the way. You are most certainly welcome. It'll be your turn a little bit later on in the season. We'll we'll have your back. (laughs) (laughs) This week for the Bills? Well, we're still in your division, Eric. It's like we cannot get away from you guys. We hosted the Tennessee Titans this week. We're at the Houston Texans this week. Oh, you'll be fine. It's in a dome. That actually works against us. Buffalo is a cold weather team. Yeah, they they like playing in the in the snow. Yeah, but again, said though. That being said, though, this is not a Houston team that scares me as much as it did originally. No, Deshaun, that was, that was Watson, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is not the same Deshaun Watson he was before the injury last year. DeAndre, Hop, DeAndre Hopkins got hurt last Sunday against Dallas. And as of right now, I do believe it's listed as questionable for the game on Sunday. And while J.J. Watt is back and playing at an elite level, he's currently in the top five in sacks in the NFL. Watt is also very injury-prone. And while I don't wish an injury on any player, 
I'm just saying that Buffalo is the kind of offense with the style that we run, the screens, the checkdowns, and the blocking and stuff, where these things can happen. Yeah, yeah, that's why I say this is not a Houston team that's formidable. And again, you would be doing us another favor. Who knows if you keep doing us these favors when we need come later in the season. You never know what could happen. We might throw you a bone after all. I'm not saying we will, but we might. (laughs) Eric, all I'm going to say in regards to this is we'll talk more about this game in a few moments. Dun, dun, Duh. Dramatic reverb. Let's move to college, shall we? Yeah, you and Gators. I, I said it's great to be a Florida Gator. Said it's great to be a Florida Gator. Oh, why this week? I got you. I got my other friend who is a Gator alum. Damn it, LSU. Could you not have swapped this? Could you have lost to us and beaten that I just... <laughs> LSU, you did it backwards. <laughs> As I said earlier, it'll be your turn next year in September. Oh, I am so looking forward to it. Remember, <laughs> we got Mark Richt on our side. Uh-huh, because we haven't beaten George's ass over the years. Try again. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like Tim Tebow's going to magically walk through those doors again. Well, it's well I mean, that he you will that, if he's exactly. in a monk's robe. <laughs> it, it's funny that you mentioned that because he actually was at the LSU game. Maybe oh. he's a good luck charm. Good luck charm. Maybe he's a rally possum. <laughs> he, he's a rally monk, actually, I believe would be the official phrase. <laughs> um, Florida plays Vanderbilt this weekend. Beware... The after effect. Beware the letdown. This is obviously a Vanderbilt team we should beat. We've been known to lose games like this in the past. I don't think we do this weekend, but it's happened before. As for Penn State coming off of a bye week, the Nittany Lions are back in action this week with a 3.30 start, I do believe. Hold on, let me find the game. Give me a second. Against Sparty. Mm. state but the game is in happy valley i think that there will be revenge on the mind of the navy lions coming off of the loss to ohio state and michigan state is coming off of arguably their most embarrassing performance of the year having just been beaten by one of the basement teams in the big 10 this year northwestern lions roll How can you lose to a journalism school? Chicago? Eric. Yes? Get it together. You know, we've been talking about this the past couple of weeks. Again, as the one quote that I will never not like Pat McAfee has said, he's acknowledged, it's been a bad couple of weeks for the brand. I This isn't just going out to Mason Crosby. This is going out to all of you kickers and you punters out there. 
the punters holding, the kickers missing, the punters sometimes shanking. All of you, you've got at most two jobs. 90% of you have one. Fantasy value even aside, get it together. Just go out there. You got two gigantically tall yellow sticks and one fairly high yellow bar right in there. It's a big rectangle. You can see it right in front of you. I would say you can't miss it, but lately you have been. Jason, get it together. My get it together may hurt a lot of people's feelings. Brandon, you might be one of them. But if you're getting, if you just signed a multi-million dollar lucrative contract and then go call your teammates out, especially your two-time winning Super Bowl quarterback, and then you go out and make one of the most bonehead plays of the game, letting a ball bounce off of you to be recovered into the end zone for a touchdown, and then seemingly drop a short touchdown pass in the end zone, but yet you call other people out? Yeah, OBJ, get it together. Don't throw your teammates under the bus. That was painful to watch live. That that damn he he muffed a punt. He didn't muff a punt. He wasn't paying attention. I know. And ran into the ball, <laughs> and it got recovered and ran into the end zone. Oh, oh, oh I know this. Playoffs. Sorry. Gano, Gano. Greg Gano, I still hate you in the <laughs> nicest way possible. Brandon, get it together. Uh, I talked about this team a couple of weeks ago and get together, and obviously they didn't listen to me. But, I mean, to be fair, the main person I was referring to has seemingly gotten it together because he hasn't gotten any more roughing the passer penalties yet. Uh, but now the offensive side. The Packers. Aaron Rodgers. Mason Crosby. Hey, get what? guess what? Get it together. Two fumbles. Two two missed field goals. What is going on up in Green Bay? It is at this particular point in the show that I eat crow. Not my favorite dish, but I am a man who can admit when he was wrong. Earlier this year, we recorded a college football preview special where I picked a very specific team to win the national championship. Do you guys happen to remember who that team was? Um, oh, Southwest Texas State off by 67, <laughs> exit four down by the Kmart. I don't know why I set him up like that. My prediction for the national championship winner in 2018-19 was the Auburn Tigers. I told you. Auburn lost a close game to LSU, granted at Jordan-Hare, but losing to an LSU team that was undefeated and number five in the country up until the point that Florida beat them this week would not have hurt Auburn that much in the grand scheme of things, especially with the Iron Bowl still pending later in the season. That is until you play Mississippi State in Starkville 
And after they lose back-to-back games to Kentucky and Florida by a combined score of 41 to 13, Auburn gets rolled 23 to 9. Auburn, Gus Malzahn, get it together. And now the last question I ask you guys for the day is, are you serious? I am not personally, but hey, we might be. We'll see what happens. Eric, you're off the schneid! I, I have developed my new method. I shall continue this. <laughs> Basically, but, just grin and bear it is his method. <laughs> but you know what you all need to? You all need to bat to the king. Brandon, bite me. <laughs> we will have updated standings after week eight. Because it, the, the standings will come every four weeks, just because that makes my life a little bit easier for me keeping track of these for you guys. But we start with Bisco Domus, and we go to college football because that's where he Bisco Domus is best. <laughs> Which is shocking. Wait, not only is Brandon five and zero against the spread in college football upset predictions, this some bitch is five and zero straight up too. <laughs> Now, this, this is one that um, I don't get half. I mean, I'm guessing, you know, big, big time market, big name bias. But I have no idea how a ranked team is coming into a game as the underdog. But nevertheless, they are. And I will take the easy win. Colorado over UFC, USC. Yeah, as much as I'd like to disqualify this match in contention, given the fact that Colorado is ranked, they are somehow a seven-point underdog going into the into the LA Memorial Coliseum. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, this I is will, just I, too easy. I will adjust that line once it goes final before the game. However, right now you're getting Colorado plus seven. Eric. Picked random last week and hit. Picking random this week. Illinois plus ten and a half. Over Purdue. Eh, I mean it's an it's it's a side by side state rivalry. I guess that's entirely possible. I mean, even if you don't win that game straight up, I think they could keep it within ten and a half. Yep. <laughs> He's not going for the straight up here. He's going for the point spread. At this point, straight up is just a bonus because my point total is horrendous. <laughs> that that facts. He's like negative eighty four and a half points right now. It's, so it's ridiculous. I thought you weren't going to go over standings until we <laughs> ate it, Harry. <laughs> he, he just wanted to rub it in. Maybe a little. Jason, are you serious? College edition. No, I'm not serious. I'm out. I'm joking. I can never be so serious. <laughs> but I'm going to take Wisconsin plus eight going into the big house over Michigan. I also looked at that one. I was considering yeah, that one as somebody, well. Somebody want to tell me how two teams whose standings are three spots apart on the AP top 25 
and one of them's getting eight and a half. Because college? Because Michigan? Because I, I think it's because Michigan's at home. If it was, if this game wasn't played in the big house, I think it would be a lot closer spread. I think it might be a, a two or three, maybe most three and a half. But well, with it being Michigan at home, I think that they got favored strictly because of where the game's played. Well, according to general belief, home is worth three and a half. I would agree with you uh, that I think the home is where the heart is. That too. But I would agree with you in that I think that the betters in Vegas probably put a little more emphasis on places like the Big House, or like the Swamp, or like uh, the, shoe. the Shoe in Columbus. Yeah, uh, Jordan Perry, Valley. Seems Jordan like Perry, seems like they do it for uh, L.A. Memorial too. Clearly, ask Colorado. <laughs> yeah, still can't that game. That's ridiculous. All right, so I got an interesting one for you guys. All right. Let's hear it. The, the best team nobody is talking about. No, I'm pretty sure I talked extensively about WVU. <laughs> uh, West Virginia has five wins. The team that I'm mentioning has six wins. But they also have a loss. They are one of the very few teams who have already played seven games. But they've won six of those games, including 3-0 and in their conference already. It may not be June Jones running the show anymore out there. But I would argue that the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii are back. What are you talking about? I've talked about Hawaii before. Yeah, well, my yeah. Eric's talked about I kind of want to lay here quite often. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean Tagovailoa. Anywho, that's Maui Wowie. Get Zoom height. Anywho, um, <laughs> so get to this, Eric. Hawaii's coming to the mainland, right? Mm-hmm. They're moving over two time zones. Mm-hmm. As they 10, do for a ten fifteen Eastern kickoff, which would be. Approximately eight fifteen out there, which would be six fifteen their local time, which is when they usually kick their games off. Uh, actually, no, five fifteen Hawaiian time. They usually kick off about seven. Okay, so they're actually getting two hours earlier. Uh huh. But still, they're playing a three and three BYU team who has frankly been outside of their win over Wisconsin at Camp Randall horrendously disappointing this year. Thank you. I I, I chose that. Hawaii is getting 11 and a half. What? I'll take that. What? (laughs) Hawaii plus 11 and a half against BYU. Oh, that's easy money. Vegas. Mm. Have you been watching too many Golden Knights games? Are you not paying attention? Wow. I will say this much. I gave Vegas a lot of shit last week about a line on a game. When the Texas A&M-Kentucky game opened, it was Texas A&M minus six. I said, absolutely not. No way. This is a mistake. If you would have bet the line when it was minus six, it would have been a push. True. 
with the way Rolo, who a Drew Jones disciple, a Drew Jones quarterback, the way that he's running the show, mm-mm. yeah, this one, I don't know if the Sharks are staying away from it just because it's Hawaii and BYU, but it, it, easy money, easy money. Lock it in, and Rachel Benetta, hey, you're the one who said your boyfriend got nutmegged. I'm available. I'm just saying. <laughs> Brandon, because of me and you, I have to stay up late this Saturday night in order to get the scores for our RU series games. <laughs> I kick off at 10.15. Your team kicks off at 10.30. Yep. We move to the National Football League, Brandon, where you've been less fortunate. 0-5 straight up, 2-3 and against the spread. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because football NFL's harder to predict. Um, but hey, Harry, guess what time it is? What is they getting this week? Hold on, let me find the game. <laughs> You're taking Kansas City plus three and a half. Yes. Probably. <laughs> Man, if they, beat, if, they beat, if they beat New England, Robert Taylor is never going to shut up. No, they shut up when you finally say it, if it happens. <coughs> well, Brandon's trying not to die over there. I just want it to happen just for Robert to just, like, make your life a living hell. I actually want to state that, despite the fact that you guys did not know that I did this, I actually tried to get Robert to appear on the show at the start of the show to call out Aaron for the game on Sunday. Oh, I know you tried, and thankfully, since he's got a night job, he's asleep. (laughs) Unfortunately, it did not work out, although I would have had to eat a bit of crow as well, because I, too, picked Jacksonville last week. Thanks, Eric! (laughs) Hey, 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 Blake Bortles, blame him. This fork interception have an ass. This is what I'm saying! Eric? Are you serious? NFL edition. I am, and I'm actually going to break one of my own rules. Remember how I said that there was a certain team that I had faith in that completely bit me in the ass? No. You're going to have to be more specific, because there are several teams you said (laughs) that about. Okay, a team that I actually picked to make you happy, Harry. That I had faith in that bit me in the ass. Are you picking what I think you're picking? Because if you are, then we're picking the same game. And that did not work out last week. Okay, I'm going to be picking a different game then. Please hold. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll go ahead and make the announcement right now for myself. My pick is the Buffalo Bills plus nine and a half against the Houston Texans. I don't know that we'll win this game, but I think nine is too many. We're not that bad i mm, mm. there's a couple in here and i'm torn between two of them would you like me to let jason go so that way you can decide yes jason are you serious nfl edition i'm serious seriously messed up in the head thinking that i'm gonna actually win this one but i am actually drunk enough and slap happy enough without sleep to take the Denver Broncos plus seven over the Rams. 
okay, that's borderline stupidity. <laughs> yeah. That's not drunk. That's just stupid. Well, hey, if you look at think- it, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me point something out. Cooks and Cup, both out with the injuries, have not oh, been gosh. cleared to play yet. Yet is the operative phrase of that, though. There is still two yeah. days. Yeah, but you have to you have to clear protocol by Friday to play Sunday. That's why I said there's still two days. It is technically Wednesday night. And, and, and Cup, Cup has not made any progress. To, to there, be there's fi- been no reports of Cooks. It's looking bleak. To be fair to Jason, there I, I think I remember there were uh, at least one, maybe two uh, college picks that I said this year that you thought were uh, ridiculous earlier on in the year, and uh, see how that turned out. Can you well, I will... think that's stupid? Wait until you hear the two games I'm choosing from. So like I feel like Eric's about to go after the two biggest numbers, and we'll talk about that in a second because I thought about one of those games. Continue, Jason. I will say this I mean, much. The reason, I, the, I will say this much, though. So I apologize for cutting you off. I, the reason that I could possibly see this happening is the altitude affects people, and this game is in mile high. I mean, you still got the best running back in the league in Gurley, but if Denver can stack the box against him and they pressure Golf to throw to some lesser receivers, I think this game actually stays close. All right, I have to ask. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Are you calling the outright upset, or are you just calling the cover? I'm I, I'm calling the cover. I mean, I don't think it's going to be an upset. unless The only way that this will be an upset if uh, Cup and Cooks do not play. That's the only hope that Denver has for the upset. I think this game's actually going to come down to a overtime field goal. Very well. All right, Eric, let me guess your two games. You ready? Yep. San Francisco plus nine and a half against Green Bay. Uh-huh. And hold on, let me get back to the top again. Where's that game at? Where's that? There it is. Arizona plus ten and a half against Minnesota. You happen to be correct. And I've been kind of going back and forth. One of them I actually considered myself. If you pick the one that I picked, I will let you know. And and see, this is the one because I'm thinking. In two of these games, the visiting quarterback wears the number three and will be wearing white and red. And I think to myself, I can't stand that number on quarterbacks. I never have. Which one of them do I trust more? One surprisingly looked half decent. The other one has looked damn good, but nobody's talked about. One is looking for a bounce back performance in their opponent. The other is just going to be screaming some absurd catchphrase that makes me want to punch him in the face. One's dealing with the case of the yips. One is dealing with, oh, God knows what. That said, I'm going yips 
I'm going Monday night. As much as I like Josh Rosen, I don't think he's quite ready there yet. CJ Bethard, I put the randomness upon thee. Niners plus nine and a half. Eric going for what's tied for the second biggest line of the week. Interestingly enough, his other prediction, which would have been Buffalo against Houston, was also nine and a half. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to make up some points, basically. <laughs> at this point. Again, when you're in my position, which we will not speak of again until week eight, Harry, you really have nothing to lose. There's yeah, a reason why you have the last word. You're the Michael Stray, or whoever's last in the NFL. In the uh, Fox uh, thing this year. I think it is Strahan. You're the Michael Strahan of the kickoff. Hey, at least I'm okay. You're the Michael Strahan tooth gap. I'll take that. I don't have the gap in my teeth, but I hosted Pyramid before he did. Uh, Here's my question. Yay or nay on Kelly Ripa? Mm, I've never been a fan of hers. Nay. Beauty's only a light switch away and the worst pieces. <laughs> and I've never had a bad piece. Some better than others. Just never been bad. Meh. Yay. Sex, sex is like pizza. None of them are bad. Just some are better than others. Believe exactly. me. You're talking to someone whose shenanigans has led them down some dark roads. Again, I reiterate the same two words I usually say at times like this. Family show! (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Folks, you can't talk about what you do in a flop house on 62nd Street on every show. So I gotta take it for what it is. It's a family show. We're talking about starting a family. (laughs) Or, in my case, avoiding starting one at all costs. (laughs) For the warden of the Southwest Texas off of Route 54, Exit 3, Jason Teasley. That's me. Eric Watkins. See you. Brandon Biscabing. Yep. I'm Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to The Kickoff. Season 2. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, really. Season two, regular season episode six here on the W2M Network, available online at W2Mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, Castbox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And Glacier's a dick. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you guys next week for more of the kickoff on the W2M Network.